Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Cody, so I am excited for today's episode because we finally get to talk about football, actual football, and, and not just <laughs> everything going on. Obviously, the last two episodes, if you've been listening, have been focused on the pandemic, COVID-19, and, and how it's affecting the college football world. And since we last recorded and published, not too much has changed. Uh, you know, we're, we're still got six uh, major FBS conferences, uh, three from Group of Five, three from Power Five, plan to uh, plow ahead into the uh, 2020 season, the Sun Belt and Georgia Southern included in that. And it looks like the, we're same put and, and set with eleven with an 11-game season starting September 12th at home against uh, FCS opponent Campbell. So today we're going to focus on, uh, we're going to start on our previews uh, for the season like we normally do. So we'll be looking at uh, defense as well as special teams. So, um, you know, some some exciting things to talk about on uh, in, in both of those areas. But first, I think uh, we do need to do some housekeeping because, uh, you know, not so much throughout the landscape of college football, um, you know, no major changes, obviously, like some some rumor mill stuff and whatnot. Um, but the, the biggest kind of news that has developed in the last week or so has been just with Georgia Southern uh, recently announced the attendance policy being 25%. Um, of capacity and some other policies of, you know, mass coverings required at Paulson. And so we're going to talk through that, Cody. So I guess uh, first off, kind of your initial reaction on that news, then we'll move on into our special teams and defensive previews. Yeah, not really surprised you saw this at what Tech in UGA last week um, announcing attendance between 20 to 25 percent. So not that not that surprised. Um, and am happy to hear about them opening up the hills to accommodate more space and for us to kind of, I think, really push for that 25%. Um, I think if you do the math on it, it's like 6,250 people are going to be allowed uh, into the stadium. We've already seen where I think 1,250 of that is going to be students with another 250 being, I believe, what was it, band and cheerleaders? Yep. that are going to be in the, in the stands due to... And they're um, going to be just in yeah. the... That, that's one of the biggest changes is they're basically removing everything from the field. So the uh, Southern Pride Marching Band and the cheerleaders will be in the stands somewhere. We pretty much know where the band's going to be. I assume they're going to be in the same position they're always in. They're just not going to be on the field doing their performances and stuff, yeah, to, to probably, my understanding. And they'll probably be a little bit you know more spaced out, too. Probably to give probably. them, you know, for guidance yep. purposes. Um Face coverings are going to have to be required, which is not a, a you know a no brainer. Um, I think there's some questions in regards if the if the Gators um, mask are approved or if you're going to have to wear something un- underneath it. Um, I still haven't found a clear answer on that, um, Matt. I don't know if you found one either. I think I think the safe thing to say is probably they're not going to be allowed. Yeah, I'm going to say probably not. I mean, that's that's generally what we're seeing with a lot of these policies and stuff. It's interesting because you obviously look at all the videos that you've seen on social media and, you know, that's the most popular mask. It seems among well, I have you know, one. I have players, one players and Southern, coaches. Southern I do too. Change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's reversible and you've got multiple patterns on it and everything. And they are, they're, they're breathable. They're more comfortable. And I mean, no one likes wearing a mask, but I mean, if, if, if you have to wear one, you know, the, the, the Gaither mask, 
seem to be the most comfortable, especially in South Georgia heat. Um, and you're seeing Lunsford wear them. You've seen players and other coaches wear them. But, you know, uh, according to the guidelines that the school has released, you know, it has to be a kind of a two layer, two ply mask. And I'm not sure if that technically counts with that. You know, we're seeing at some other things like um, down here in Florida where I live, you know, at, at uh, Universal and, and Disney, they've already banned those Gaither masks. They've also banned the uh, vented mask, um, which uh, Georgia Southern has already uh, called that out as well. And that's that was kind of more clear. Um, yeah, you know, was, they just yeah. said the that it has to be a two layered or more mask, which I think rules out Gaithers, but they definitely specify the vented mask. So um, those won't be allowed. I know those are, those are pretty popular too. Um, So tailgating is allowed. What is that? So tailgating is allowed. Tailgating is allowed. So that's, that's a big thing. And uh, you know, that a lot of people were unsure about. Um, So that opens up a lot of possibilities, right? Because it's, it's tailgating allowed on campus and not just off campus. I mean, obviously you can't really control so much of what's going on off campus. So you, you knew that if there, a season was going to be happening, right, there was probably still going to be some tailgates and stuff at um, maybe not the frat houses. Cause that's technically on campus, but some, some of those off campus houses and stuff that are still owned by the fraternities and uh, just uh, groups of students and whatnot. But now, uh, you know, you got got a row, you got, uh, got a nation that, can go out there and still tailgate uh, near the pack, obviously following the guidelines, you know, mask will be worn kind of moving without there be smaller groups. The school is recommending, and that's kind of the key word there is recommending mm-hmm. uh, 10 people or less. So it will be interesting to see how, that's how that is enforced, yeah. how that's policed. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you saw some stuff last year with got a row and got a nation of like, you know, the, the sidewalk policy and things like that. And just a kind of another example there of just like, realizing how good we had it, you know, but yeah. uh, back, back, back in the day. Right. Um, so I mean, you know, we, a lot of people were obviously upset about that and kind of the, the whole clash there and it got quickly resolved, but you know, how close they could be to the road and all this and Statesboro police and uh, campus police stepping in. But you know, now it's a whole nother bag, right. Where, you know, you, you've got, are they going to enforce that, that 10 person rule? You know, can you move, in and out of, you know, uh, within different tailgates, like people like to do, you know, when you're tailgating at the stadium lot, people like to mingle and and move around. But I kind of foresee it being maybe not forced as much. I mean, obviously if something gets like crazy, you know, uh, um, packed and busy, I I think that will get shut down pretty quick. But as long as it's kind of like a reasonable, I don't think, you know, if you've got 11 people that they're going to say one person's got to, got to leave. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to look different. I mean, we we know everything about the game day experience this year is going to look very different inside Paulson, outside of Paulson. But the fact that tailgating is staying, I think, is a huge win, is a big um, is a big thing to look forward to. And for that twenty five percent capacity, obviously, you know, you're probably going to have some people that are tailgating that aren't going to the game. Yeah. You know, don't have a ticket and can't get in, and you know, maybe they watch it in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, so that's, you know, that, that's big. And I think definitely we'll add to that game day experience, you know, as, as much as we can to keep things as normal as yeah. possible. I gotta say the biggest surprise that they kept was the game day shuttle. I kind of thought that would be next, you know, just cause you're packing people into a shuttle and drive them around. 
I would think I didn't see a lot of details on that, but I would think that yeah. they would be taking the same kind of public transportation um, guidelines that they're doing. I mean, I think they're doing it already at the school. Yeah, uh, they are students around. Yeah. So I don't know. I know I've seen some pictures where they've got signage and stuff, and you've got to skip seats and whatever. So if if I had to imagine, they're probably just. Maybe they're trying to run more buses or run them more often, but they're not going to be packing people in like sergeants. Yeah, you yeah. Know? The, the guidelines on the buses are face coverings required. Uh, buses will be disinfected frequently. Um, they have clear markings and capacity constraints related to compliance of social distancing. So, yeah. you know, I think the big, and this is the same thing for bathrooms too. I saw this kind of verbiage down here is disinfected frequently. I don't really know what that means. Like, are they going to do yeah, that Yeah, it's every a lot of vague language. Or yeah. is it like once every one, two, two, like one hour or one and a half hours? You know, like I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. I mean, with, with these first two games against Campbell and FAU to see how this stuff plays out. And I mean, it's going to be a learning process, right? I mean, the, these are new things for everybody. I mean, you've got... You've got a learning curve and, and kind of growing pains every season, it seems, just with stadium, normal stadium policies, right? Yeah, <laughs> getting, exactly. Getting the, getting the volume right of the PA like announcer. Concession getting, stands getting like concessions last year. Last year. Like yeah. Whole, yeah. yeah. And and again, you know, that, that perspective of like everyone, you know, that, that was a whole thing where people like complained about. And now, you know, it, that seems so trivial, right, where, where you've got to worry about all this other stuff. So, yeah, it, yeah, I think it will take time to kind of flush some of that stuff out see how much they, you know, police and enforce tailgating, see how, you know, uh, clean they can keep the bathrooms and, and how they try to regulate that, see the the touchless entry that they're doing, and then also concessions. They're saying that, you know, that's a thing, but you've got, you know, you still can have cell phone issues in the stadium. You still, you know, uh, can't connect to the Wi-Fi for whatever reason. So doing the contactless ordering and all that kind of stuff, obviously not everybody's, uh, you know, tech savvy. So th- there's going to be a lot of, issues i think uh, you know in, in those cashless first few games cashless right. at the concession stands too now so yeah yeah which again that for for some people for some fans i mean what you know i'm sure we have fans that only pay in cash you know or used to yeah. you know some people are just like that you know so you know carrying a car especially ordering online or ordering on an app that's just not normal for a lot of people yeah. you know so um that kind of stuff it's going to be a learning curve for everybody and then i think one of the more also controversial parts of all this is Freedom's flight has been canceled for the season. Yeah, so that that goes with that whole policy of, of no on-field entertainment or no on-field happenings other than the play of the game, right? So they're basically trying to keep that playing surface reserved for I, I players, understand players, coaches. It, yeah. But at the same time, even during, during like a, a normal game, right, like last year or whatever, Steve's like one of the most socially distant people when when Freedom's Flights is going on. Now, now outside no, of it, him going through the same, obviously not the case. But when that particular event's happening, he's at the fifty yard line or he's on the field, but there's nobody else around him. No one around him. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and of course, like he could wear a mask. You know, I'm sure I, I don't see any problem with that unless it like freaks out Freedom, which I doubt. You know, so mm-hmm. like you know, I'm sure he's probably already doing that. So. Him wearing a mask on there, yeah, being, you know, way more than six feet away from yeah. everyone. Um, and then, you know, I, I get Southern Pride not, you know, doing their performance or, or just doing yeah. one from the stands. I get, you know, the cheerleaders not being on the sideline, you know, breathing on well, players. Well, that gives and, the and players when, more yeah. space to spread out. That, you know, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it does. It, but, but yeah, the, the, the freedom flight thing, I, I feel like they could have made an exception for that. But I guess I also see how, like, 
well, if we make one exception, then what? But the howitzer is coming back. Yeah, howitzer. So you got to have at least one. You know, but it's in its own corner. I kind of get it that. It is, and they're, ba- and they're backing it up a yeah. little bit. But and obviously, you're going to have the you know the Army uh, Guard, National uh, National Guard Reserve um, there, you know, in a group, you know, but they're obviously together normally anyway. Um, so that they're obviously probably just going to do less socializing. I assume they'll be wearing masks, and you know they'll they'll be back, yeah, back further yeah. than they normally are. But it's, it's it is good. And, whoever's yeah. going to be in the stadium, in the field, or on the stands, you got to get it hyped up with only six thousand or so people there. Like yeah, we really you, you have to you it. have to find something right, yeah, to 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 really bring that power pulse. And I know that's been like talked about, but it's you know easier said than done. Yeah, I mean with with not just not just a limited crowd capacity, but even it being spread out. I mean that's going to take something out of it because uh, you know as we know, you know the more people that are packed in the stadium, it gets other people into the game. You know <laughs> when you are yep. kind of shoulder to shoulder with people. So I mean even even if you extended it to 10,000 or 12,000 or 15,000 and you're still kind of spread out and you've got people over here on one hill and you got people on the upper deck and whatever it still kind of takes something out of the atmosphere yeah um so as as much normalcy as you can get in there and yeah i think the howitzer helps with that i will say this certainly freedom's flight would you were were you up for the new mexico state game is that the end that you came to last year I yes yeah okay. for home for homecoming I yeah. believe yeah so, I mean, it rained the whole time yeah so you knew last year when there was only like ten or so thousand people and the stadium was pretty loud still yep. so I think if there's a fan base that can pull it off I think it's got to be ours like I really think that that of all the fan bases that this would may have the least effect of our people being less loud it's ours. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, it's certainly like in the Sun Belt, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, for sure. Obviously, and, and, and that's the thing is, right, so we're, we're talking about a percentage of capacity. Obviously, you're talking about a lot less fans compared to your Power 5 schools. You know, Louisville, I just saw announced, you know, they, they had one of the higher percentages that I've seen. You know, usually it's, it's around 20 to 25% seems to be the standard. Uh, Louisville just announced 30%, and I think there's, you know, 30% of their stadium um, with, with Satterfield up there at Louisville is 17 thousand you know seventeen thousand yeah. five hundred I think it was so I mean that that just puts it in perspective of of, of, of what that means so you know yeah it's 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 going to be a lot less people but I mean obviously we get better attendance than uh, most of the Sunbelt members anyway mm-hmm. so I think it's it's probably you know it's it'll be interesting to see what app does that you know I haven't seen anything out of their camp really yet um, on that front obviously they uh, did shut down football there for a little bit um, you know we we haven't really mentioned that um, along with ULM and FAU you know we have three opponents yeah. that have uh you know had kind of many outbreaks which i saw were at state's back at practicing so They're that's back. a good sign yeah. i haven't heard it anything about yeah. fau i think they were supposed to come back monday monday or tuesday yeah it seems like everything's kind of progressive forward yeah. with that. not okay. not i haven't heard anything about ulm but yeah, yeah I, mean, I haven't heard anything out of them those things have happened it, it is worth noting you know it seems like everything's going well with our uh team so far um you know they haven't released exact numbers but you know lunsford seems positive with everything but yeah, go going, you know, not to get too far off the point. I, I think, I think from you know, a loudness standpoint, you know, I, I definitely think you're right. If if anyone can do it, it's our fans. Because I mean, you look across the Sun Belt and outside of App, 
you know, we, we have by far, you know, the, the best environment, not saying that app is better than ours, but I, I think they're kind of, you know, neck and neck, you know, yeah. uh, depending on the year where you go to ULM and it's like a high school game or you, you know, or you got worse than a so, high school game or worse. Yeah. Or I guess South Alabama or whatever. So I, I think those attendance policies aren't going to affect them at all. Cause I mean, honestly yeah. in Georgia state, no. I mean, as much jokes as you want to make, that's it what will affect get. our I mean, game because we do sell out that place whenever we go up there to play. It will. You're right. You're you absolutely know? right. Yeah. And 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 that's you know. And obviously they're going to want to bring as many fans as they can get there. So even if it is five thousand, you know that's five thousand less. Yeah. And Georgia we already Southern know they fans. play games with their tickets anyway. So it's. Oh yeah. So that you know on on a normal year when they can fit twenty five thousand, you know, in in, in Turner Field, um, you know they they're trying to you know make it where where you know we, we can't sell out the place yeah and so this year you you know you bet your bottom dollar that they're gonna do the same thing right so all right um, so i think we gotta yeah. talk about the the options because it's only gonna be season ticket holders students and then obviously band members cheerleaders yep. and then fans. so no single game tickets that's nope. that's kind of the, the the big thing there mini plans and stuff are being Canceled. refunded yep oh, yep yep so you know, it's 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 just season ticket holders, and that one is is you know still a lot of questions out there. You know that there's there's kind of a lot of stuff floating around. Um, you know the the biggest of which you know you kind of broke down the numbers there. Uh, you know a few minutes ago, you know they they're saying they want around what twelve hundred students uh, or, yeah, or it's so one thousand five or one thousand two hundred fifty for the students, but another two fifty for I think band and cheerleading. Yep. So you get roughly around four thousand seven hundred fifty to five thousand for season ticket account holders is is how they're phrasing it. So, which we had around six to seven thousand season know, ticket holders last year. But I think now that's this just year, obviously, see, not yeah. everybody's going to renew. Yeah, yeah, not it's, everybody's going to yeah. renew with everything going on, and they're they've got that September first deadline to to opt uh, in or out or opt out, I guess. Um, and the, the school, you know, the ticket office is basically kind of waiting on that to kind of see, you know, where they, how they, how move it forward. stands, because yeah. how it stands, because it, it, it's created kind of a catch 22. And, you know, we, we chatted about this, you know, in, in our, our, uh, talk kind of leading up to, to recording that, you know, there, I, I get the frustration on both sides. Obviously the, the athletic department, um, kind of wants to gauge, you know, interest to see how many people, um, you know, plan to opt out. So they can't really make those decisions until September 1st, but you've got on the other side, the fans that are kind of in the dark, uh, you know, on, on a lot of things yeah. with, you know, if you're a season ticket holder, like yourself, Cody, you have a lot of season tickets, you, you know, you've got a family of four, you've got, you know, more than, than four or five season tickets more than likely I think it's safe to say that you're not getting all of those even yeah, if you're opting correct. in you're not getting all those so you know people have that many tickets for a reason <laughs> you yeah, know so exactly. they, they they have family they have friends that they like to go to the games with if you're all of a sudden telling them okay well you normally have eight tickets you normally have four tickets you can only get two tickets that makes a big difference you know who are you leaving at home you're leaving your kids at home can you leave your kids at home you're leaving grandma at home you know yeah. like what you know so well you probably should leave grandma at home just you should probably leave grandma <laughs> yeah. at home that's that's true if, if anyone needs to be left at home you know get uh, yeah. get get espn plus started for and and, and call it a day yeah. but it's so yeah so i mean uh, a lot of so i i get that kind of catch 22 where, where you've got on the one side, the athletic department, and then you've got the fans being like, well, I don't know. I can't make a decision until you kind of, you know, be more definitive of, of what you're going to allow, you know? And so, so they have to, you know, communicate, okay, you're going to get 
two tickets and then that person is going to have to decide, all right, I want to move forward with the two tickets or I want to opt out altogether. Yeah. And, and that, if, if enough people take that option, maybe it, then it ups it, you know, where you get three tickets or, or whatever. Well, that's but what, maybe like, not. That's if yeah. you just do the basic, like if you just say, all right, let's just say 2000 season ticket account holders decide to stay in. Right. And you're only gotten 5,000 seats. Let's just, I mean, let's just say it's on the high end 5,000 seats. That's what two and a half tickets for every account holder so you know in in is that's if it's spread out evenly you're not talking about if they somehow or another use the priority points to say okay the people in the top tier um get 90 percent of their usual ticket allotment while people at the bottom get one ticket is we don't really know how that's going to work out either how that's going to play into effect so yeah, I, like you said, just to harp on what you said, there's there's a lot of still unknowns or questions in regards to how this is going to be DV'd up. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you'd hope that longevity and the priority points and all that stuff matter, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that, that stuff for, uh, you know, the priority points for bowl games and getting first dibs on stuff. And obviously no one could have expected that, you know, it would come into play in, in a situation like this. But, you know, I, I've seen some people that are like, oh, I've been a season ticket holder for you know, 15 years, you know, I, I, I do deserve, you know, a little bit more than the person that's in, in or your closer or to and their I, original seating you or, know. or closer to their original seating. Yeah. Get, yeah, get catered to maybe a little bit more. And I, yeah. I get that, man. I, I do. I mean, there is, there's something to be said about longevity and, um, loyalty, you know, being loyalty to the program. Absolutely. And, and, and with donors and, and the different levels and everything, I mean, yeah, if, if you're paying 10 grand a year, um, I, I definitely think that you should, you know, get a little bit, you know, bigger piece of the pie than, yeah. than the person that's at the base level. I mean, you know, it, it just, it's, it is what it is. It's capitalism. <laughs> so <laughs> capitalistic, Matt. I know. So, um, <laughs> it's, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how all that stuff plays out. And, and I, I think, you know, the, the, the people that are probably on the fence about a lot of that stuff, it's not so much health things right i mean it's just you know we 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 talked about it in our chat and i think it's important to bring up this point is is you know i i think if 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 health truly is the thing you you probably know that already you know you probably know it's not going to take till september 1st not that much is going to change i know like some numbers and stuff are going down but i i think if if you're truly concerned about health um, that that decision was probably made a long time ago it's made a long time ago and it's not really going to change but you know I, I think it's a fair point that, you know, season tickets, whether you're your base level, whether you're high donor, whatever, it's still a lot of money. And and, it and it's a lot of money to different people just depending on, you know, where you're at financially in life. So, that, you know, talking about the product, and when I say the product, I'm not just talking about, you know, the, the players on the field. Because, I mean, obviously you'd hope that wouldn't change that much. Obviously, Power of Paulson is a thing. And, you know, we're, we're going to try to make that place you know as as close to normal as we can and increase the game day experience um and and the players are hopefully will feed off of that but outside of that i mean people pay for more than just the game they pay for the game day experience and as we said no matter what you're able to do it's completely different it just is it's going to be night and day from what it normally is so paying that amount of money not having you know your kids there not having your sister or neighbors or best friend or, or whatever they're in your normal tailgating group and stuff because they can't get access to the tickets 
you know, it, what, what is that going to do to people? And then also just, just the game experience itself. Let's just say you get a allotment of two tickets and you normally only have two tickets. Do you want to go there with just 6,000 other people, you yeah. know, and, and, and super spread out, you know, do you want to, you know, have to deal I with all the, the, all the, all the I, policies? Yeah. And, I know. think the majority of the fans who are healthy enough to do so would probably say yes. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do. I, I think so. And but, you know, you're you're going to get you definitely have out of the 20 to 25,000 fans that we normally have. I would say, you know, I, I actually I don't, I don't know, like percentages, but obviously there is a percentage of that group that aren't your diehard fans. Right. That they're they're your more just super casual football fans and, and whether they're, you know, married to <laughs> to a diehard or, you know, they're they're seeing a game for the first time, which obviously they wouldn't be a season ticket holder. Yeah, I was gonna but, say I think you know, most of you, I th- like, like I get that if that's like the, the, the fan that buys a ticket off the street, you know, like like the one game or whatever. But I'm gonna you know, say that if you're a season ticket holder, you're a pretty diehard fan. You're die you're diehard or you're associated closely with a diehard. Right. I mean, I, I think I think that's yeah. fair to say, like you're you're a family man. You could I mean, you could be husband, wife, sister, brother, uh, child, whatever. That's just kind of like, Meh. you know, it, it's what we do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know a falls reserved for Georgia Southern football. And then, you know, the, the dad, the mom or whatever is, is you know, diehard. Yeah. But but yeah, for the most part, I, I agree with that. You know, so it's, it's, it, yeah. So just if you are a season ticket holder out there, you do have three options. They call it the triple option plan as far as how you can do your your tickets for this season. Go to the website georgeseagles.com. You'll figure all that out. Um, it's I think it's a pretty good setup for those who wish to opt out of of the season. Um, I agree. I th- I think so. I mean, because you you can you know basically you can donate it. You know, you can yeah. donate what you've already contributed to the student athletes, which obviously are going to need it. Um, you know, the NCAA recently big news. Uh, you know, passing that. Uh, they're extending uh, scholarships uh, for fall athletes, and no matter how much you Which that's uh, going to be a completely different episode because we could probably talk an hour on that just yeah, for just for Georgia it, Southern itself. Absolutely, yeah. So, so that a lot of implications there of of you know who who is able to come back, and again, like we talked in our last episode, just because those spots on the bus are open, you still have to pay for those yep. bus tickets, right? Yep. So, we we as a school are still responsible for paying, just like we did in the spring for the spring sport athletes, is a whole different bag when it comes to fall sports because you got a lot more football players. I mean, football alone, you know, uh, well, particularly it, it, for our our group this year, we have a large senior class. Yeah, large senior class, twenty plus seniors. Um, so th- that that alone, but I mean, you're extending a year of eligibility for everybody. Yep. You know, so so yeah, so you're you're essentially saying this is a free year, free pass. Everybody can come back. You're bringing in, you know, supposedly twenty to twenty five recruits as you normally would. Who's paying for those? You know, <laughs> where, where, yeah. where is that money coming yep. from? So 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 yeah, so. Obviously, that that's the first option. There is to to just donate it, and and I mean, you know, definitely consider that because that's, um, you know, obviously it's it's going to go a long way to help, uh, kind of flush this thing out in the future. You can, uh, you know, keep your points, attend the games, all that. You can roll it over to the next year, or you can uh, roll it to like a friend or family member or yeah. something like that, like donate it. Yeah, so. So it's good. I, I think I think you know the athletic department, and the ticket office has has definitely been. I don't want to say genuine flexible, you know, that, they, they, you know, given, given all these different options, I think, um, you know, is, uh, is a good thing. I mean, it's something that I'm, I'm sure a lot of schools aren't doing, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's nice to kind of give all these different options and be able to pivot, um, where, where you can 
kind of divvy up your money and, and how you want it, you know, how, yeah. how you want to move forward. So, yep. all right. All right. So with that, let's see. Let's see. Any other stadium policies here that we? No. Yeah, I think talk I think about. we kind of hit. Yeah, I think we kind of hit it pretty good. Um, the Eagle Walk, you know, I, I think uh, no Eagle Walk, you know, kind of going there with with Freedom's Flight. I, I think that's probably the only other thing. Um, no Eagle Walk, but the Yellow School buses will soul ride. So it, it seems good. like, you know, things like with Got a Row and Got a Nation that, you know, they'll still be making that trip. Obviously, tailgating, like we said, is yeah. allowed. So people will still be lighting up. I assume like, uh, you know, Fraternity Row will still be out there. Group socially distanced uh, guys. Socially distanced. Yeah, right be responsible don't be spraying you know champagne and beer all over all over the players and, and what you know so you know obviously I, I don't think you're gonna see the videos of Luntzer getting out and elbowing chairs and uh you know getting doused with all kinds of liquid maybe and, he brings his own this. chair and they stay six to 12 feet apart they'll figure out something <laughs> yeah. I, i'm sure i'm sure they'll figure out something to make it you know entertaining and, and rally rally the troops if you know, anything r- he's r- got to bring out his own chair and at least beat on the the road or the bus or something to get people yeah out, out the, the window right. or yeah. something and i think the players will too obviously you're not going to have you know the eagle walk with the high fives and handshakes and hugs and all this kind of stuff um but i i think that kind of rallying moment is good that we're keeping that tradition obviously you know arguably the best tradition at georgia southern uh with the yellow school buses and, and being able now with all that tailgating i think you can still kind of create kind of uh you know eagle walk in in, in that sense you know yep. so um, I think you'll see more people probably participating in that um, rather than where the, normally they'd be headed, you know, for the Eagle Walk. Now they're going to be kind of lining the streets, socially distanced, and and cheering on the team. And and I, I think I think that matters, you know, as, yep. uh, to the, to the players and the coaches too. It rallies them up. So so that's good. So moving on from that, the uh, before we move into our preview of special teams and defense, uh, we can talk. You know, uh, Jared Bankard, um, AD. Recently, uh, you know, had a press conference, announced some different stuff. The biggest uh, kind of part of that was the Army game, uh, getting, I believe it was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Cody, uh, two twenty five, two twenty five. So two twenty five, um, we're getting from that. We assume that you know, obviously, that wasn't going to be a part of a home and home, so they would be paying us something. They they do have money to kind of spend, so uh, that is good. That helps recoup some of that money from the Campbell game. Where I believe it's at three twenty five that we're paying Campbell. I think so. Yeah, I think it's. Okay. I think it's three twenty five. So recoup some of that. Obviously, losing Ole Miss, uh, you know, um, th- that's that's still huge. We don't know all the details of that. Uh, you know, nothing really has has come since last recording of that. Of, uh, you know, where it seems to be cordial that we're kind of working with them and and working out something. So maybe that game just gets move to another a future date. We are scheduled to play them again, you know, in, in Oxford in, in the future. So, I mean, maybe we have two dates set or we get some kind of money um, sent to us, but obviously it's not going to be anything like what we were expecting, which were, you know, which was uh, upwards of a million dollars. So um, obviously getting, getting that 225 from Army, great. Uh, it doesn't make up for that that huge paycheck that we lost no. from Ole Miss, um, but it is something. It's and, something. And credit credit to Jared for being able to to pull that off on short notice. Yep, yep, that's good. Um, I I don't think we've we've mentioned it enough, but man, we've been really impressed with the AD so far. I mean, just overall how he's handled pandemic, coaching changes, stadium guidelines, options for season ticket holders. I mean, the list goes on, and you look at it, and you're like, man, has this guy made a one bad move so far that 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 
you know, you kind of question, and I don't. I think the answer is no. He's done really good. He has, yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I think everyone is really impressed with him. And, and again, like we said before, I mean, if you can weather this storm, if you can get through it, then you can get through anything. So, yeah, I, mean, I think Doctor Marrero needs to go ahead and give him a lifetime contract. I, I'm I about mean, to say because I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, with uh, ta- talking about you know on 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 the job training, you know, as a first time, you know, full full AD, I mean, my God, like that, you know, like well, you see all, all the different stuff. scrimmages, like weeding oh, yeah. and, and you know yep. spraying, you know you know, root killer or weed killer around, you know, so that the hills can be ready, you know, stand up guy, blue collar guy. I mean, let's go ahead and sign him to that lifetime contract. Let's get it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. And and really, really not to get super off topic, but really excited about uh, basketball and and what Coach Berg's going to be doing there. And that's, I think, going to be an excellent hire. So really excited to see with that too, um, from that standpoint. But um, so move anything else about kind of his press conference that that's no i mean it's on me payment i think there was some discussion at, at some of the phone calls that he had with other ad's may may you know be beneficial to future scheduling um but of course nothing set in stone and you know we'll see how that turns out later on down the line um i think always the two for one home with a p5 always came up so you know do i think with him at the realms i see him I see where that's a, a lot more of a possibility than them before. So yeah, it's not just going to so, be shut yeah. down like no, with the previous yeah. administration. I mean, obviously, yeah, with DK. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna see that you you heard the same thing. Well, we just can't afford it. I don't think you're going to hear those kind of same ex- excuses. I think is you know if if fans say, look, this is what we really want. We want a P five and Paulson. Benko's going to find a way to make it happen. Obviously, with what's transpired this year that makes it a lot harder, you know, financially and everything else. Um, so, you know, it, maybe that is delayed a little bit, which is, you know, disappointing, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, so I think he's going to do what's best for the program long-term, both financially, because he is a financial guy with that background. Um, but also he wants to make the fans happy. So if there's a way to pull it off, whether it's a two for one or, or something like that, I think, you know, under his administration, I do see a Power 5 team coming to Paulson in the near future. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's it. That's it for that. Yeah. So moving to our previews now. So we will start with special teams. So, Oh, and they are special. And they are special. <laughs> and and I, 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 honestly... It, honestly, they are. It, I mean, it's they're they really are. good. At, and then we'll get into the, the big question mark with that. But, yeah. I yeah, mean, well... I, I actually I actually kind of wanted to start with with the question mark there. So I mean obviously you know uh, you know a lot of good things to talk about with Anthony Beck returning as the punter. You know he's gotten a lot of preseason recognitions, and uh, you got um, your long snapper uh, Ryan Langan with uh, you know All American. So and then obviously Wesley Kennedy returning as as your main uh, specialist at, at returner at both punt returner and kick returner. Um, really good things there. Obviously the big kind of dark cloud here, <laughs> you know. Uh, I yeah. think this uh, big question mark is the kicker. I mean, when you're thinking about special teams, maybe outside of uh, of a star returner, um, you think place kicker. You know that 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 that's where your attention goes. So. And we've been with so, that, obviously huge shoes to fill with yeah. Tyler Bass. Um, now with the Buffalo Bills, doing great things with them, and you know it, it's something that we haven't heard a lot of uh, from fall camp, Cody. And then even going back milch. to the spring, as as li- as limited as we had with the spring and summer and stuff, with all the interviews we've seen with the coordinators and Lunsford and Danny Reed and Colin and 
all them, you haven't heard anything about place kicking. And in a nope. situation like that, that's concerning because usually when you're not hearing something, there's nothing good to report. Yeah. So, you know, no with, news with, is with, not good news in this situation. Not in that situation. Right. So, um, you know, because they're obviously wanting to highlight guys. They're going to talk about, you know, incoming freshmen that are just killing it or, or Jalen you know, White returning starters. Right. Jalen White. Yeah. So you're going to hear these names over and over again, or maybe they don't even see that much playing time, you know, when, uh, when the season comes and, and you you'll start hearing their name more often during the season in, in future seasons but with with uh with place kicking yeah i mean obviously for the last several years when you're talking about special teams tyler bass tyler bass tyler bass um he was on the and posters young Wei-Ku of, before that and young way coup before that so he we have built this legacy of great kickers here at georgia southern where it used to not be i mean yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned i mentioned to you i, I watched Under the monkin years man uh, the, the monkin years i i, I watched the, the uh, 2010 game uh quarterfinal game against 12, 2012 ODU. 2012, thank you yep ODU uh, Old Dominion 2012 and you know we uh, uh, Alex Hanks was in that game we missed some field goals we ended up having to go for it on fourth down and um, do some of these things because the offense kind of felt a little pressured you know to to score touchdowns because those so-called gimme field goals weren't gimmies you know so so you and I were in school at a time you know, we weren't in school then, but even dating back before that to the Hatcher years and all, you know, it we it, it just wasn't Packed a sure a, thing. A missed field goal kept the the team out of the playoffs in 07. Yep, it did. So so you know we we know Georgia Southern from a standpoint of not having a great kicker, and then recently we've been very fortunate to have Young Waku and Tyler Bass, yeah. both NFL kickers, right? And not many schools can say that, you know, to have back to back NFL kickers. But, you know, now, huge question mark. We've got three place kickers on the roster that I see here. Don't know too much about, you know, them. I know, yep. you know, you've got a redshirt sophomore and Bryce Christensen out of Lambert High School in Swanee. He uh, is he dressed for all 13 games last year. So he's the most um, seasoned, I guess, of, of the people on the roster. Uh, you've got well, let's uh, be honest. a true, not a true freshman or redshirt. Well, like, right. Like they're but, not. They're they're not going to be seasoned. Obviously, no playing experience. But at least he he dressed. Uh, obviously, he you know talked to Tyler. Hopefully, learned some things from Tyler. <laughs> um, practicing with Tyler, and you know we've got a redshirt freshman who I'm sure did as well. And then we got a true freshman and Dylan Lewis um, out of out of East Coweta High School. So, you know those three guys. We're going to see what comes out of that. But again, you know the. Uh, no news is, is probably not so good news um, that we haven't heard one of yeah, these names. If you, if you look back once. at last year during the scrimmages in spring, you know you hear the the update. Well, here Tyler Bass comes out booming a forty yard kick or booming a forty five yard kick or whatever, right? Like you're not getting those reports, and that's where the concerns from. Like like why are we not highlighting who the next kicker is going to be? You know, let's go yep. ahead and kind of get that name out there and and kind of go ahead and sure up that you know is he going to have the leg as Tyler Bass did? probably not you know that probably he's not. he's a special leg we know that when the when the ball came off the foot that sounded different like you could just hear it when you're in the stadium and you're seeing those reports uh, up in buffalo too yeah right? where I they're mean, you yeah know, yeah where they're super impressed he's in a kicking battle up there but i mean he, yeah that power is it, like you said boom you it's hear noticeable it. It's noticeable, but it's not obviously with kicking. It's it's in part physical, but a lot of mental goes into it yeah. too. So I mean, you've got a you know a, a fresh kicker going in there with those big shoes to fill. All eyes on him. 
honestly, maybe the environment is, is probably the best thing because he's going to be playing in front of like little crowds and stuff, right? You know, uh, across the board. Maybe. Um, with, you know, so so may, maybe that helps ease the nerves a little bit. I don't know. I don't, um, I don't, I, but, I don't know. But, you know, obviously missing a kick, you know, we, we talk about bounce back. We even saw that happen with Tyler, you know, so you can get into those funks. And obviously your less experienced kickers can fall into that um, much more often. So, yeah. It's 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 going to be interesting to see not just you know not taking anything away from their talent level or what their talent level can be, but how they respond, you know how how they step up um, to that challenge to fill those shoes of Tyler and and how the team responds to kind of helping them with that transition exactly. because no longer do we have that safety valve where okay you know. Let's open 40, up the playbook. Yeah. It's inside the 40. Let's open up the playbook. Try a couple things. Let's try a shot to the end zone to get the touchdown. Okay, didn't get it. Still got three. We're good. Um, can't probably do that anymore, right? You might have to be a little bit more strategic with your play calling when you get down there on the other half of the field of, of what you're going to do. We'll Maybe just, you're going for it on fourth down more. Maybe you, your first down call is a little different than it normally would be because you're, you're trying to move those chains and you know, you're not able to. Yeah. I mean, you know if you just saying? look at it the past like couple seasons where third and fourth down conversions have not been that great. It's been great that if we've been on our side of the field or on the opponent's side of the field, we, we had three points. Um, so it's, you don't know that, right? So in the years past, is guaranteed three. You know, are we now kind of forcing the issue to go forward on, on a fourth and three, fourth and four, where typically we just send Tyler out there to, to kick it and get three points? Um, yep. You know, it's just kind of, you know, until we see it, until we know it's what's what's out there, it's it's kind of, we're just kind of left wondering, you know. We don't know what we don't know, and right now we haven't heard anything about field goal kicking, and that's really concerning. Yeah. No, it is. It is. I mean, so, you know, hopefully I, I do think the offense is going to be a lot better. We'll, we will talk about them, obviously, in our next episode. We will talk about them uh, at nauseum. At nauseum in the next episode. And I, I think they'll be much improved. And honestly, they're going to need to be because, again, that safety valve probably isn't going to be there. You know, I'm not saying that we're not going to get any field goals this year, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly not going to – we're not going to have that weapon. You know, having Tyler Bass, again, like he, he was on game posters, you know, <laughs> with, yeah, with, exactly. with the Montgomery poster that I have here in my office. And, like, he's, he's front and center – on posters. So, I mean, we, we highlight our kicker because he was one of the best players on our team. Like he was, and that wasn't an insult. Like you hit, you know, he, uh, at, at some schools you, you see that like, Oh, the, the, the team is terrible, but they've got a good kicker. We had a lot of great players, but one of our greatest players was Tyler Bass. Yeah. That's not going to be the case, you know, th- this year. I mean, I think, I think that's safe to say, but we can get surprised too. Let's look, you know, and turn our attention. Use that with with a seamless transition there to Anthony Beck. Whoa, you know, a, media a kid, folks. a kid, a kid with uh, you know our, our our punter that coming into the year last year, we were looking at the returning starter in uh, Bowerlay, and you know he he got uh, suspended there for the first two games, and then insteps Anthony Beck and never looked back. You yeah. know, and 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 and, 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 well, he, and, and I think yeah. the difference with Beck and in, in this with the Philly situation this year is that I think everybody knew that Beck had a very strong leg. Like if he had gone to the spring games into the fall, you know, you know, scrimmages and stuff like that, you saw him go out there and, and boom these incredibly high kicks. I think the biggest question was in and in, in the issue that faced us in, in twenty eighteen was the, the quickness and the sharpness of getting the ball off, you know, in, in those punting situations. 
we had too many close calls as far as punting comes in 2018 with with them getting blocked. It was the bowl game in which they 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 did get it blocked. But yeah, yeah. As far as your overall example, yes, it was when Beck got out there. We were fantastically surprised to see oh this guy can kick and he can kick really really good yep 42.5 yard average um on on 68 punts and uh you know uh um i believe it's a sunbelt uh conference first teamer i believe and uh you know so that that's that's huge and um you know also we talked about it last year too is is not just not just his boot, not not just how far he can can punt it and and do a coffin corner and things like he that. Can throw the also, ball too. He, well, he can throw the ball, um, but I was gonna say either the spin or whatever he puts on the ball. Obviously, that's a stat you're not gonna see like jump out all the time. That's not like really yeah. recorded as much. But w- we had a lot of fumbles last year uh, that 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 were forced on uh, from the punting unit. You know where where guys, uh, you know the opposing team returner mishandled the ball for, for, for whatever reason. So if it's a spin that he's putting on it or whatever, obviously, you know, credit to our, our special teams of, of, uh, you know, running down the field and, and being able to, to force some of those errors. But, you know, that, that, that's a huge weapon too. I think on special teams, you know, now that we're transitioning away from that uh, Tyler Bass, you know, kind of unit that, that, that Beck's going to be kind of looked at as the guy. And you normally wouldn't look at like the punter as like your, your biggest weapon, on special teams, but you know, obviously Wesley Kennedy, and we're going to talk about him in a, in a second as a returner. But I, I, I think Beck arguably is is our our biggest weapon, and and not not just on special teams, but it's it's going to play a huge role um, because we are still going to have some three and outs. We are still going to have some stalled drives um, that you know maybe we're in one of those situations like do we have a shorter punt um, and try to back them up with a coffin corner, or do we do a long field goal that we're probably not going to get? You know, so so to have an experienced guy there. Um, coming off of a great year, I, I think you know is 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 a good thing uh, to be able to you know when we're when we find ourselves in a situation where we're transitioning away from an NFL uh, kicker. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have him as a weapon, and he is a weapon. I mean, he can flip the field, as you just mentioned. He had several punts that were muffed by uh, punt returners last year, and so. It, like it's it's a great weapon to have when when we do have those stall drives in which we need to you know we're on our thirty and we need to kick the ball fifty plus yards and flip the field and not give them a short field to work with. Yep. So now uh, moving to Wesley Kennedy, which I mentioned, um, obviously going to be a huge weapon for us on offense, using a variety of ways. Swiss Always Army a knife, huge weapon yep. as as a player can pretty much do it all. Um, and, and did that last year, showed it on special teams as our main punt and kick returner. I think it's safe to say that's going to be the case for this year. Um, obviously, we're, we've got some other guys that that certainly can re- return it, um, especially on like kickoffs. But I, you know, I think Wesley Kennedy is is kind of the guy there. So, um, just just kind of thoughts on him and, and what he brings to to that unit. I mean, he's no he's no secret to some belt football and, and especially our fan base. He's going to be exciting to watch um, in whatever capacity he is on the field, whether it's running back receiver kick returner punt returner whatever it is the moment the ball is in his hands it's always a chance to go to the end zone so it's um i can't wait to see him on the field he's such a special talent yep for sure so uh with that i guess let's move to defense are we not going to mention the long snapper oh yeah i'm sorry you're right that, that we got to give him po- some love man he's, yeah, he's you're, been you're named right. several so, again all american, all american teams. Yeah, all american uh ryan langan uh so 
yeah, I mean, uh, obviously that's that's a position that uh, just just like I just did, uh, it can, can be easily overshadowed, right? Overshadowed, overlooked, but super important. It, it is, um, you know, when, when, especially when it comes to punting, and it, it certainly helps, uh, you know, Beck there um, make him look even that much better, right? And and to have one of the best in the entire country is a huge thing. You know, now that you know those snaps are going to be crisp and on point um you know for for those kicks and uh that's uh, again you know just a, a, another weapon and resource that we have to kind of help with this transition where we have some younger guys stepping in um so you know i, I, I yeah it's uh, I, i'm excited to uh, see what he has um you know in, in store for this year and then hopefully another another great season i mean to get that uh, all american preseason honor is, is huge yeah, it is huge. Whatever position it is, whether it's long snapper or quarterback, to be honored nationally um, is is a huge deal. Yep. So now moving to defense, and uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, uh, we can start. Obviously, you know, last year we knew the defensive unit was going to be pretty strong. You know, under Scott Sloan, um, and we knew obviously the secondary was going to be solid especially the cornerbacks you have Brinson and Vildor we lose them we had some question marks at linebacker that was kind of the biggest kind of question mark going into last season um how was that going to be now you look at the linebacker core and you look at the defensive line that front seven is solid Cody I mean just just the names just pop off the page I mean star after star and I, I think this could be one of the most talented front sevens that we've seen um at Georgia Southern, maybe ever, certainly in the FBS era. Yeah, I they they have the ability to to really make a mark from themselves, to say the least. Um, you know, in and, and, and it's not just that their talent level is there; they all have experience. I mean, they've all played several games. They've all you know had just made several plays. This is a very well coached, extremely talented, and um, veteran front seven. And I think they're going to be causing havoc and mayhem for all of our opposing offenses, whoever it is, from from FAU to App to Louisiana. They're going to create havoc for any team that we play this year. Yep, absolutely. So I guess start starting with that linebacker unit, which again was kind of the Raynard Ellis. Yeah, so Raynard Ellis, we we know you know if you've listened to us, uh, that's that's Cody and I's favorite player. So yep. certainly on defense, uh, transfer from Furman dude flies all over the field. I mean, you, you saw it, you know, as early as the LSU game, even though that game obviously did not go our way. Uh, you know, you saw him flying all over the field, making plays and saw it all season. I mean, the, the kid has a motor and he does not stop. And, you know, he, he's long. I believe he's maybe put on a little bit of weight and, and some muscle too in the off season. I mean, he, he's, he, he's a stud. And I mean, you pair him now with um, Randy Wade and then obviously uh, Rashard uh, Bird um, and Todd you know, Bradley and, and Todd Bradley. So I mean, you've again the, the the names are endless. I mean, where normally you're you're highlighting maybe one guy. Okay, we got a veteran linebacker come back. He's going to solidify the unit, anchor the unit. Now it's like you know who who do you pick? You know who <laughs> Quinn Williams is getting more into the mix, right, which is one of our highest recruits. I mean, this yep. is this is uh, it. Year three looks really really good for this front seven, and you know w- they talk about obviously dominating the run game on the offensive side well the defense takes just as much pride in shutting down the run game of our opponents and this looks like to be a group that can really really do that yep 
And and yeah, with with the defensive line, obviously, I I think you know it's safe to say you know it, CJ Wright, Raymond Ellis, CJ Wright, Johnson. But, yep. So 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 yeah, exactly. So so Johnson, I think you know it it probably starts with him, Ray, uh, Raymond Johnson. Obviously, you know uh, several years of experience there. Uh, his his senior year, um, and I mean the the the, the kid's great. I mean you know uh, so. Um, first team all all Sun Belt last year uh, returns. I think he's going to anchor just, that line. Yeah, he just got announced to be on like the Senior Bowl watch list, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So that's a huge thing. So you, know, you saw Wright, where you saw yep. where that kind of solidified the old door as being drafted. You know, if he gets selected and goes there, that could you know solidify him possibly getting drafted, and that would be you know three Eagles at least in the last two seasons to get drafted in the NFL. That's pretty good for it a G five, you know, yep. and that's that's going to work with recruiting and everything else. So. You've also heard yeah. going going back to linebackers, Randy Wade. You know, getting a lot of looks from NFL scouts. Um, yep. You know, I, I think if Raynard Ellis has has another big year, I mean, you know, maybe he's, he's gonna have kind to start getting undersized some looks. a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I I think he's gonna start getting some looks just just with that motor. I mean, even if he's looked as as a special teams player or something like that. I mean, the kid has a ton of talent. So you know. Yeah, I mean Raymond Johnson on the line, um, like you said, C.J. Wright, uh, Ty Phillips. Um, you know, so or I'm sorry, think, the the lot Ty, Ty is gone. Yeah, so that that's the biggest loss there on the line. Yeah, is, Ty, is, Phillips. Is Ty Phillips. Um, but, but we should uh, be getting Justin Ellis back, who lost or had a knee injury last year during the LSU game, and yep. he, you know, it was the transfer from Syracuse, three star coming out of high school. I think he's at a Roswell High School. So you know, again. Defensive front seven stacked, full of just full of hunger, just full of awesome athletes, just completely awesome athletes. And to me, overall position group of the entire team, offense, defense, special teams, this is the most. This is the one I'm most excited about to see what they can do. A hundred percent. So that moving from that to the secondary, obviously, you know, big shoes to fill. We talked about Tyler Bass, obviously losing. Two of of the best cornerbacks that's, that's ever played at Georgia Southern and in uh, Brinson and, and Kendall Vildor. So, um, you know, obviously Vildor now with the Bears. Uh, and Brinson had a great year or a great um, career at Georgia Southern, um, and you've got some question marks there. Obviously, with the second or the safeties, you know, you had some question marks last year. Now, you know, you've you've got some experience coming back there. You got a transfer from Duke coming in that you know has has done some things in in the uh in the fall camp and scrimmages and whatnot um but you know kind of uh like the kicking situation that's the biggest question mark uh you know on 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 defense for sure is is after that front seven where we're at where we're at with that passing game we saw guys get burned last year a lot you know is that going to happen again i mean that that you know, um, obviously with the safeties, but now you've got to worry about the corners. You know, you don't have that that lockdown corner in Vildor anymore. You don't have uh, Brinson, you know, to, to, to back him up when, you know, they're targeting him instead of Vildor. So, you know, it, is it going to open the field for opposing offenses? So it's, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, the front seven can – show their talent and and kind of help that secondary out by getting pressure on quarterbacks and um you know uh forcing some decisions and things like that to make their job easier yeah but it's 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 gonna be interesting to see what happens yeah you have duncan which again he's a he's a all-conference athlete he'll be somebody that i think you know has the opportunity to start getting really watched after this season um 
You have Birdsong, who hasn't really played a whole lot at the corner position, but we all know how talented he is if you've just watched him on special teams and the few opportunities he's had on the field. Yeah, a lot, uh, lot of high, high, high motor yeah. there, too, and a big recruit for us, too. You know, had, yeah. Um, yeah, so. So I think I, I feel pretty confident on those two aspects of it. Again, it's the other safety position, the other corner position as to – in my mind, that's the two big question marks. It's it's good to hear about the the transfer from Duke. Um, you know, if he can step into that role and really uh, anchor the the safety position down with Duncan, that'll be great. Yeah, um, J- Javon Jackson is his name. Yeah, and, and he, you know, again had had some hype. And again, here he has to be things, ex- extremely smart. I mean, he's yeah, from Duke. I mean, yeah. that's 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 not an easy school to get into. And he's got quality playing time. Played a lot of special teams. You know, didn't, didn't play a, a, a ton on defense, but. A um, lot of reps, a lot of game experience, playing in the ACC, right? So the speed of the game, all that kind of stuff. And again, you're you're hearing his name um, coming out of fall camp, so that's at least good news. Uh, you know, in the latest, the second scrimmage that we had, he had two interceptions in that. I, yeah. I do think you know it's it's worth noting, you know that that's you know who who was that against? Was that against Shy or was that against some of our backup QB, QBs? You know what what were the ball? You know were were they mm-hmm. tip passes? Were they lame ducks? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, much different when you're facing you know the top competition the sun belt and and elsewhere um but again hearing his name repeated in in these kind of recaps of, of these scrimmages and, and fall practices and hearing the coaches talk about them um that's a good thing because there's plenty of other guys that you know they are talking about um you know in, in that front seven and whatnot but you know the the fact that we do hear his name keep coming up um i think shows the confidence that our coaching staff and everyone around the program has in him and his ability to be able well, to. Well, yeah, and, and the few eyes that are watching the scrimmages, it, it shows that he's standing out, yep. which is a good thing. So, again, it's the biggest question mark, I think, of, of pretty much, again, both on offense and defense is that is that position group. Um, but it is the one. I think it's Sloan coaches that position group safety. So, you know, I feel pretty confident in it that that whoever they throw out there is going to be able to do a really good job, and I think I'm have I have high hopes for the defense. I really, really do. So, oh, kind of overall uh, thoughts on the defense. I mean, with what's kind of your like threshold? I mean, what what would you kind of like to see out of the defense as a whole this year, um, as far as just kind of production? I think the momentum that they had towards the the last end of the year, when you know how they had the trouble with like kind of more of the high powered offenses, obviously LSU. But you looked at Troy, you looked at the first half of the Arkansas State game. You know they it kind of really got away from them pretty quick in those games. Um, and so if you look at the second half of the Arkansas State game, they played a lot better. You look at Liberty. Liberty had a very potent offense and we shut them down to 23 points I mean they played really good against that that offense that had a, a receiver they got drafted in in what the second or third round of of the uh, draft last year as well as it's a Hugh Freeze offense which we all know is very high powered look at all the numbers he put up at Ole Miss so capitalize on that you're gonna you know you're still gonna have your you know App State's gonna be loaded you're gonna have Louisiana that's gonna be loaded um, Army is gonna be difficult when we play them in the end of the year so let's capitalize on, on improving and, and being able to shut down these high-powered offenses because we definitely don't want to get down 21, 28, nothing, seven, or whatever early. Yeah. Yep. So it, that's, that's to me, is, is can we continue kind of what we had at the very end of the season last year in regards to defense? Um, we obviously shut down Georgia State. They didn't do anything. Now you can possibly say, well, Ellington had a 
torn ACL, but they obviously they still had a, a very high powered run game, and we should done that running back, no problem. Right. So again, if if they do, if if we come out there and we're really just shutting down even the high powered offenses like Louisiana and App, I mean, my goodness, sky's the limits for this team. Yeah, like avo- avoiding the slow starts and stuff like that, and avoiding just kind of the lapses, you know, consistency cadence pace all this kind of stuff that's kind of what i want to see out of the defense is is you know you 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 saw like against arkansas state last year yeah you fall in that hole and and then you know it's it's hard to climb out of especially for an option-based run-based uh offense yeah you get a fumble you get a kickoff return you get some things that don't go your way and all of a sudden we're down by three or four touchdowns and it's like that you know are they going to have the the mental strength i think coach um uh, Cabral had a, a video yesterday that they came out about mental toughness. You yeah. know, when when those things on offense don't go your way, you know, and that side of the ball is really struggling, does the defense have the mental toughness to go out there and say, "Hey, look, we're not going to let this game get away from us. We're going to stop it here, and and give our offense the time and opportunity to to get the set things right so they can put some points on the board." Yep, yep. I I you know I I do think that points per game. You know, we were around thirty uh, given up last year, uh, just just over twenty nine. Um, I, I think that certainly comes down this year. I think, you know, we see turnovers uh, increase, which will certainly help the offense. And, again, I, I think they're going to be much improved as well. Um, so hopefully with time of Were possession. Were we really and, that high in points per game last yeah, year? Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm seeing. I, I was surprised by that. But, yeah, we we, we had uh, we, we slipped. That has to be because of the LSU game, right? Like that has to be like the big outlier. I would think so. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at the Phil Still book here. Um, but okay. But yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm. I'm not questioning you. I just yeah, found yeah. that really high. I yeah, was not expecting it was. That. So in 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 2018, we were um, at 21.5. So we definitely slipped there um, going back. But but again, I, yeah, I think LSU obviously, um, Arkansas State, some of those games. Uh, certainly hurt that average, um, and and again, you know that that's one of those stats that you know you can kind of have to take with a grain of salt because you know a, a couple games like that can can inflate that average. But um, again, I, I think if if we do the things we're talking about, force some more tor- turnovers coming out of the gate um, fast, you know, and 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 making an impact early, and not having those lapses, you know, through the game where we have those over the top, you know, big plays that we give up, and those yeah. mental breakdowns being able to spring back from that if we can do all those things obviously easier said than done but I, I think again super experienced group even with your question marks you know again like the kid from duke you, you've got guys with experience that are coming in so i mean you've, you've got a very um you know it will be interesting to see like how cohesive and stuff they are i think that will be fine um but but yeah i mean i i i think you've got the coaches there and the talent and the experience that's going to make this a really special unit to watch yeah, and for almost forgot to mention the the transfer from Louisiana Tech that is supposed to help our cornerback situation out. So it's not like we don't have experience there too. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, to kind of jump on your point as far as what you want to see, I'm not. I think we all would love to see turnovers increase, obviously. But that's a you know that's a kind of a chance opportunity, right? Like the quarterback has to throw it bad, the running back has to you know not have proper ball security. Are you supposed to get that great hit? I think I really want to see that when we get an opponent on third down that we really shut them out, right? We get them off the field. Yeah. That we increase our three and outs. We increase the the third down or decrease the third down conversions against us on defense. Um and and really, you know, let's let's really win on first and second down, put teams behind the chains, and then really shut teams out when it's third and seven, third and eight, third and long. And then also, too, on top of that, when it's third and short, we really need to step up big and, 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 and 
in those situations right there too. So I think that's what I really want to see is just how quickly can our defense get the opposing offenses off the field because, you know, that's that's what's going to help us win ball games, help get our offense more opportunities to score, and, you know, everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So anything – well, so the I guess the final thing that, um, you know, we had kind of chatted about that – we wanted to bring up is um, obviously when you're talking about the defense, I think it's fair to talk about opposing offenses and we're going to face some really good ones this year uh, in the Sun Belt. Obviously, you know, the, yeah. the Sun Belt uh, among the G5s has produced some really good quarterbacks in recent years, right? I mean, obviously you mentioned Dan Ellington, um, you mentioned, uh, or you, you didn't mention, but from ULM, obviously uh, Caleb Evans and he's gone, but you've got a lot of good returners um, coming back with Zach Thomas uh, you know, you've got, um, you know, luckily we don't play Arkansas State. You know, they, they've got arguably the best quarterback uh, in, in the conference and, and, and one of the best in the nation. You know, he's, he's good. Uh, and, and uh, yeah. you know, so um, but but yeah, so some really good offenses that we're going to uh, we're going to face here. And, uh, you know, so how, how do you see our I mean, defense the three most, up with them? Yeah. So I think the three kind of offenses that we or four, let's just say four, is FAU, Louisiana App, and probably Troy, just because the last two years we've had a lot of trouble with Troy. Um, I think our defense stacks up really good. When we get closer to the actual season preview, I think this will become abundantly clear if it hasn't already, that Louisiana is going to probably be the toughest game that we have all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that one, that one kind of scares me a little bit because – uh, even Phil still has their running back and offensive line again ranked like in the top ten um, nationally among all colleges, not just like Group of Five or whatever. I mean, he's listing them over some pretty top Power Five teams um, in those position groups. So it's going to be a very very tough team to to go up against. On top of that, Levi Lewis, you saw how well he he jumped as far as production and talent from. Uh, one season to the next last year, you know, does he still ride that wave of momentum and increase his his level of play further? If he does, that's scary. Um, so there, and, and also that game's away. Away games are always tougher. Yep. You know, you don't. I mean, I would probably imagine even tougher now, considering there's going to be no state. You know, whoever's going to be in the stands is probably only going to be home crowds. You're not going to have even your sliver of of, of away fans to to be able to go to those games. Right. And also, so, the protocols getting used to kind of all yeah, of that. Protocols, I mean, everyone's gonna yeah, handle everything's things a different. different. Yeah, that's and that's our first home. I mean, our first away game. So you, it's just kind of uh, that. A lot of things going into that game just seem to not be in our favor. But, um. Again, App is here. We've done really well with App the last two seasons. I don't see where that would change. Um, FAU, their quarterback, I think, just got kicked off the team from last year. Um, but the person they have replacing that that, that 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 position is supposed to be pretty good as well. It's also a new head coach with Willie Taggart. Um, some of you all may have known him from his days at FSU, small amount of days, and then also at Oregon, and then he was at what Western Kentucky, I believe. Um, and so... We'll see how that transition works, um, but I would expect their offense to still be pretty good. I think they're still favorite to, to win Conference USA, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, and then, obviously, Troy, they're replacing, um, I believe it's Barker, who's their longtime quarterback. That was really well or really good. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that offense is, but it's Chip Lindsey still. He's, he hasn't gone anywhere. That offense should be pretty high-powered as well. 
those four, I think, are the most concerning. Um, you look at Army, you know, obviously Munkin, we know what that brings. Our defense should be pretty prepped for that as they go up against an option offense all the time. Well, prepped and also with that, with that front slip. seven, too, yeah. I think that helps yeah. a lot. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see how that goes. That will be at the end of November in New York. It'll be cold. It'll option football. It'll be it'll be a tough game. You know, Fast the game. game will be under. Yeah, the game will be done in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, don't question us on that. It will be. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, do I think the four or five games that I just mentioned are, are games that we can't win? I think we can win all of them, to be honest with you, just with the level and, and the, and the, of the talent that we have on our defense. It's just, you know, will the breaks fall our way? Will we, will we execute? You know, I, again, Honestly, the only one that I'm questioning in regards to our defense is Louisiana, and that's just because of how good they are. Yeah, and, and Levi Lewis there, I mean, is developing as as a passer, um, obviously a really good runner. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's becoming one of the better quarterbacks in, in this league. I mean, obviously a lot of people look at, uh, at Zach Thomas. Obviously, like I said, losing Ellington and, and Evans, and, and, you know, you have some less competition there. But uh, I, I think Levi Lewis could potentially be the best quarterback, you know, when it's all said and done in the Sun Belt. Um but you know, he, he, yeah, he, he just like shy. He's improving there in the passing game, um, but also, uh, you know, obviously a, a huge threat as a runner. So to to yeah. facing those guys, Zach Thomas got some wheels on him too. So these type of guys that we're going to face, like yeah, they can they can burn you, you know, over the top. Um, but also, you know, uh, on on those third downs, talking about third they down conversions, they legs. can beat you with your yeah. legs, and they can uh, make things happen when you get in those third and long situations. And how many times did we see it last year, where it's third and nine, third and 10 third and 11 you know we we get a big sack big stop and then boom we give up a, a big play and and the chains yep. keep moving so to be able to avoid those kind of lapses that's going to be the biggest key for me and it's going to be hard against these offenses and these quarterbacks yep uh, agreed so um with that any, anything else on the defense um no but they're going to be fun to watch gosh they're going to be fun to watch I guess I guess the only thing I have, um, you know, I I just wanted to like take a minute to, I had mentioned it before, and Cody, I'll, I'll let you kind of speak to it a little bit, but um, you know, as as we kind of enter into the rest of the season, um, and 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 the previews and everything, and and again, this is a, like a fluid situation, but. I just keep going back to like perspective and, and not taking anything for granted. I think that's the biggest thing to, to keep in mind when going through all this, you know, I, you know, I think, um, I kind of wanted to mention this in, in a previous episode, but I think it makes sense now that like, we know what the policies are going to be. We know the stadium capacity, all this kind of stuff. And for, for me, for me as a fan, I'm sure you've thought about this too, Cody is, is just, we, we've mentioned it several times throughout this episode of just like little things that were like ticky tacky things in the past that were like huge, you know, huge deals for, for, uh, parts of our fan base, which now seems so trivial where we look at the landscape. Let's just be thankful, you know, that we have football. Let's make the best of it. Let's follow the procedures and, you know, let's hope that we get in all 11 games and possibly more, uh, you know, with a conference championship or yeah. a game. Um, and, you know, just, 
just little things that you used to not have to worry about, right? I mean, with with tailgating and things like that, of limiting your groups, and you know, we used to talk about packing Paulson. That's not going to be the case anymore, right? Um, yeah. You're going to pack it as as much as you can pack it, but j- just just little things like that, you know, worrying about the the biggest concerns people had before was like, you know, where you're going to stay for the game. The session stand wasn't as yeah. fast as I wanted right. it to be. The, yeah. the PA announcer is too loud. Yeah, I, I, I missed a couple plays because I'm standing in line for concessions. You know, yeah. what, where am I going to stay? Oh, we have a midweek game. I can't make it down from Atlanta, and I'm going to have to take several days off of work. And, you know, things like that. I mean, those things seem so trivial now, um, to me anyway. You know, and, and when you look at the landscape of everything, and obviously no one could have really expected that we'd be faced with this, but I guess my message is just to make the best of it and, and you know, plow ahead and, and be thankful for, for what we got and also look back and reflect and be appreciative of, of what we once had. And we'll get back there. You know, we'll, we'll get back there to to a day where we have 25,000 people, you know, where we're pushing for 26 or more in Paulson. And, and you know, the game day experience is the same and freedom's flying again and the eagle walk's going. Um, but just, just make the best of everything, be appreciative of what we have. And, um and just continue to uh, GATA. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Um, you know, whatever, however this ticket allotment thing works out, um, you know, don't take it out on the ticket office. Don't take it out on the AD. Uh, they're doing the best they can to get as many people into the stadium as they possibly can, given the guidelines and regulations and laws based on the governor, CDC, Sunbelt, NCAA. I mean, they got about five or six different organizations and government officials they all got to answer to based on this attendance requirement and everything else. So, you know, whatever it is, whether, you know, you're having to sit in a completely different section on the other side of the field um, or they're having to put you, you know, you're used to being on the home side, you know, five rows back in section D or whatever. Now you're you're two tickets in, in the upper deck across the field. Whatever it is, you know, just be thankful, you know, be thankful that we even have the opportunity to be inside the stadium. Because I'm going to tell you what, it's been frustrating for me not to be able to go up and watch them scrimmage or practice or whatever, because that's usually something that that we do here, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when times are normal. So, you know, if, you know, if, you, you know, I can understand maybe not getting, you know, near where you used to sit at, but at the same time, you know, let's just kind of, I'll take a step back and be like, all right, everybody is trying to do the best that they can in this situation. And, you know, if for some reason I don't like it, I'm sure you can probably sell it off to somebody. Yeah. I'm sure somebody would be more than happy to take those tickets oh, yeah. off your hands. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, so, I, I think we're not going to have a problem, obviously, uh, where nor- yeah. normally we're finding a pack pulse. I mean, we're going to be able to get 6,000 plus donate people. them to wings. Yeah, donate I mean, them to that's wings, another thing. Bring if you're more that upset in, with it or whatever, military yeah. personnel, there's going to be people we're going to be able to get, you know, that 6,000 plus number there consistently I, I, for the six home games. I, I think that's safe to say, yeah. I mean, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, no matter the reason, if it's, it's if it's health or whatever, um, and, and you don't want to go, there's options to, to donate those tickets, sell those tickets, whatnot. And like you said, if you're able to be there, just be appreciative that you're there, um, that you get to tailgate, yeah. that you get to see the games. If you're not there for whatever reason, be appreciative that you get to see to see the game still, you know, on ESPN Plus, and you know, I'm, I'm sure now with well, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. Like, like get ESPN Plus. Like, like that money does matter. Yeah. For for the schools, you know that that money will come in to help. You know, so if you can't be there, at least get the subscription deal. 
so that, you know, the Sunbelt can then get their cut from ESPN that they can then divvy up to, to you know, all the other uh, Sunbelt schools. So, you know, there, I think there's plenty of ways to where you can help out um, if you can. Consider donating. Uh, I mean, consider yeah, donating. I mean, yeah. for, for someone like me that, you know, lives out of state, that, you know, obviously getting season tickets isn't, practical it's not even just like a financial thing just being able to make it up there you know for five six times a year is hard um a lot of people are faced with that but if you're used to coming to a couple games a year and now you know you're gonna take that year off consider donating that amount of money to the program you know join the new Eric Russell fund and and you know join that sixty dollars you know you can do it base level um for the year five dollars you know as low as five dollars a month consider that stuff where normally you would easily spend that amount just going to homecoming right so um, just with hotel costs and gas and tickets and all this so uh, yeah just that kind of stuff uh, you know we everyone's having to pivot everyone's having to um do things that we're not used to but just try to make the best of it and keep the program in mind when you're doing it um that you're yep. that you're appreciative that you're going to see the product on the field but also thinking long term of, of how you can help this program sustain success for years to come yeah completely agree cool so with that cody we will pick it up next time where we will talk about offense yes all right matt um hail southern and be healthy and be safe you too hail southern Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gottatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gotta and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.